0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of the F1 Show. And if you liked our Le Mans special, you're in for a treat. This is coverage of the 2009 Japanese Grand
1: Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau. And like Robin was saying, uh, this is one of our marathon... Race watching and podcasting adventures. It is currently 3.42 in the morning here. That is correct. Yeah, East Coast U.S. time. Yeah, the race started 1
0: a.m. Eastern Standard Time for us, and we just uh, soldiered on all day Saturday and now watch the race straight. And I'm on my second energy drink, and I think Jim's on his
1: third. No, I'm on the second as well. Okay,
0: said, but they're bigger than mine. Mine, This one's only 8 ounces, and yours is
1: 16 ounces.
0: Yeah, but it's not all about the That volume. is darn near a quart of energy drink. That you've consumed. I don't want to think about it that way. Yeah, I probably shouldn't.
1: Okay, so there was uh, a race this weekend, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, the uh, follow-up from previous uh, you know, previous things we talked about, the main thing is finally um, the Alonzo move to Ferrari was confirmed.
0: Yeah, you know what? And I'll tell you something that really surprised me because I'm retarded
1: and live in a cave. And there you have it. I mean, it's, yeah, worst kept secret. Obviously, we were talking about it. Uh, it's been widely, widely rumored. And, okay, it's finally official.
0: It's been rumored since, like, 2005. I mean, it's it's really it's just a confirmation of something everyone already knew. But yes. it is official Yes,
1: now, now it's official. Um, he will be taking Kimi Raikkonen's seat. Raikkonen has uh, negotiated some deal with Ferrari that he can go and drive for another team. I think he still gets paid from Ferrari. Yeah. Um, so there's no official word yet on Kimi on where he's going to be next year, if he's going to be in F1 at all. Um, the, all the rumors point to him be going back to McLaren. But uh, there's also been some rumors about him going to Toyota, and, and I don't know. There's rumors about everybody going everywhere as so, well. Yes, yes, so, um, exactly. We don't, we you know, we'll. we'll I mean, I heard know. a
0: rumor that Ross Braun is going to Toyota. So I mean, you really don't know. Yes, uh, but uh, you know, the Kimi move. I don't know if I 100% agree with it. Alonso is quite good, and I think I think he's going to be very, very uh, formidable in the Ferrari, assuming the Ferrari can be competitive. Um, what I find fascinating is Ferrari's ability to spend money on drivers. I mean, if they're still paying Raikkonen, Raikkonen got paid a very hefty salary. They're going to pay Fernando 25 million euros a year. And he's got a three year contract with three years of options, um, on that contract. So, uh, Fernando has even stated that he plans on ending his career at Ferrari. So that'll be interesting to see how long he ends up staying there. Yeah. And, um, until there's ferrari gate or whatever and uh we were all convinced that he didn't want to be in the sport anymore anyway but now there's talks of him being connected at all kinds of teams and he may still quit
1: yeah so exactly i mean we we don't know what's uh what's what's going on moving forward um there's still plenty of silly season silliness to go on um but at least the, that one piece of the chain, which is you know sort of the first domino. Now that we know, okay, Alonso, and went, it was the main one. Yeah, too. Alonso this was, was a, the... officially a Ferrari. Um, they are planning on having Massa next year back as his teammate. Uh, Massa did a kart race actually in Brazil, so he's kind of working you know his recovery. And it seems like
0: they're they're trying to float the idea of that there is a small chance that Massa might come back for Abu Dhabi, but uh, that remains to be seen because they want us they want to set up a private test for Massa to get in an F1 car. This season in a private test and they're lobbying all the teams to uh, see if that's something they'll allow. So be very interested to see the uh, results of that. And if we hear more about it, we'll certainly pass it on to you. Yes. Another driver that's actually starting to get a fair amount of mention is uh, Robert Kubica. He's uh, been uh, widely rumored to have a seat at Renault, actually Alonzo's seat, in fact. But he's also been mentioned as a possible Toyota driver.
1: Yeah and there's something I mean we've talked about on the show before it's kind of like the next step for Toyota could really be getting one of these just really really talented drivers and not to take too much away from I guess you know Yarno and Timo but um to get maybe one of the just more competitive um you know top level drivers spend spend some of the money get a superstar yeah um, you know, and, and we talked about even Alonso back before he went to back to Renault and all that when he was done at McLaren. Right. Um, you know, if they could get Raikkonen, I think that's a really, really long shot, but, you know, whatever. Because um, Raikkonen doesn't care about money at this point. I don't think Toyota could pay him a whole lot. I think, I think for him it's like it's either fun to be in one of the top teams and be competitive or it's not. And he's going to say, oh, you know, screw it and go rallying. I mean, he doesn't have a reason. He doesn't have anything to prove in F1 anymore really to <clears> – <throat> You know, there's, he doesn't have a reason to, to languish around in a mid-level team, and I don't think he cares so much about the money because you know he's got this great deal with Ferrari and he's got plenty of money. So, but um, that's
0: that's kind of the big, interesting question: is Toyota a mid-level team, or is it a poking at the front-level team with mid-level drivers? Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's been one of the interesting questions. I think there's definitely a few races this season where Toyota's car was better than what the drivers gave them. Could be, yeah. And uh, what that gap is is really hard to say. Um, when you know, I thought Jarno Trulli was a good driver and a good guy to keep around because he's been in the sport for a while and he's very smart. And when he's good, he's fantastic. Yeah, um, Timo Glock I thought was a bit of a mistake. Again, that we've been saying this for years. They, they really should have just uh, doled out the money and get a superstar. Now they might do that, but of course Toyota itself might not be in F1 next year as well. So they're still... Plenty of rumor and uh, other things going around, which I guess brings us to our next topic, which is um, Nico Rosberg and where he might end up. He's closely linked to a bronze seat, of all things, um, booting out uh, Mr. Rubens Barrichello.
1: Yeah, and that's a strange, I mean, strange, but well, I guess it is and it isn't. I mean, uh, if you know, with Braun having the Mercedes influence, uh, having, you know, not, not only just get an engine deal, but it sounds like Mercedes taking a more, uh, direct sponsorship role and, and direct partnership role with Braun. Um, they are really big on having a German driver in the car, just kind of for publicity and, uh, and everything. Which uh, Nico is. Yeah. So having Nico, there would make sense. Um, even though he's of Finnish descent, he
0: is, he is put himself on as, as a German.
1: Yes. He did his first professional racing German in Germany. He's got, he holds a German super license. Uh, and, I mean, I guess – but the, what doesn't really make sense to me anyway is is how that works for Rubens. I mean, you know, he's – obviously he is the oldest driver in Formula One still. Yes. Um, I, I think
0: he's just the oldest person. That, that just is around. Exists, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, you know, how many – what does he have to gain from moving to Williams, you know, or is it is it – Well, he just,
0: definitely still has that fire burning in him, and, he, and he's come alive in this car. I mean – I did not have a lot of nice things to say about him, frankly, for the last couple of years. But now that he's in a competitive car, and he's got all this motivation, and he's been, he's been quite good. I mean, so that's the fascinating thing. Here you are. You're Ross Braun. You have this fledgling team that's just doing fantastic. And you're seriously considering almost definitely booting out a driver that's second in the championship, and that's won two races for you. Yeah. And that's the only the only alternative is keeping the person that's winning the championship. It's just an incredible position to be in. It seems like you stick with what you got at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean he's only got two drivers to choose from, right? I mean it's either it's either uh, Jensen or Rubens, and uh, there's only there's only so many outcomes. So I, I think yeah, if you got to get rid of one one person, you get rid of Rubens, and you know you move forward.
0: Right, and that being said, you know it, Rubens is strongly tied to a drive at Williams. Which uh, means that Nico and uh, Barrichello are potentially switching places similar to what um, Kubica and uh, Kubitz is doing with um, taking Alonzo's seat. Well, I guess that doesn't make that much sense, does it?
1: Either way. <laughs> yes, it's it's very it's early. It, that's the four in the morning. Early hours that's or the, late hours or something. That's, <laughs> the,
0: that's the four in the morning talking This right is there. no time to be doing a
1: podcast. Okay. Anyway. Qualifying. let's yes let's talk this weekend and um uh, even before qualifying the free practice uh it was just super super rainy in japan here
0: for the second practice yeah
1: well the first practice was rainy then it got drier yeah. a couple of teams got some laps in but overall not a lot of useful data could be recorded uh not a whole lot of tire testing and all that and that i think really showed uh you know showed up and affected the whole rest of the weekend. I mean, qualifying, what did we have, uh, six crashes? We had,
0: uh, if you include the Saturday free practice and before qualifying, we had six accidents uh, with five drivers. Um, in qualifying alone, we had uh, five accidents with four drivers yeah. and three red flags. These were not little um, putting up a little gravel uh, and, you know, going for off real quick, these were shunts.
1: Yes. Pretty, pretty serious stuff. And so free practice, Mark Weber crash, or, or I guess free practice three, the, the Saturday morning practice, uh, Mark Weber had a crash that prevented him from actually running in the afternoons qualifying. So he had to start from the pit lane.
0: Yeah. They actually damaged the tub and they had to basically start from scratch. And that, that's not a 15 minute job.
1: So. Right. Um, and then uh who do we have? Buemi? Was he the first uh the it first to fall? Alguswari, I mean oh, Algaswari. Yes. And then Sebastian Buemi,
0: uh Timo Glock, who had a pretty darn hard shunt and actually pulled him out of the race, and then uh Hecky Kovalainen as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean we could go into each of them, but I mean, Timo Glock's actually—you know—he he was helicoptered away to the medical center. Um, turned out it was just—I think—was it a, a a cut leg? Yeah, kind of something in the tub or, or something. You know, got into the into the car and cut his leg, but but it um, was a
0: it was a cut leg with a cast. Yeah, I had so a cast, I um, don't know exactly. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but usually my cuts involve band aids.
1: Yeah, so pretty pretty serious stuff though, um, and. And, yeah, in Kovalainen's, too, I mean, it was one of these where he got up on the curb, and the car was running so low to the ground, it was under, like, full aerodynamic load, and you could just see uh, the all four wheels up off the ground. I mean, the car just bouncing around. It just, you know, once, it got, once, he, once the car just got out from under him like that, he just lost it and ended up uh, going pretty pretty heavily into the, into the gravel trap, through the gravel trap, and into the tire wall. Yeah,
0: actually, Kovalainen's, uh, when you ran the slow-mo, Kovalainen's car getting up on the curb really looked to me like a horse running. It just had almost like this galloping effect where all four wheels are off the ground for these brief moments as it bounds up and down the curbs. It was quite remarkable looking. Well, brakes aren't very efficient under those conditions, and Kovalainen was stopped by not his own tires, but tires on next to the wall. So uh, that was unfortunate, but it it made for some very interesting racing. And if uh, I may be so bold, if we go straight to Q3 and uh, the the yellow flag incident that uh, shook up quite a bit of the grid.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, to, with the red flags, um, the clock was stopped during the red flags, you know, to to clean up the track and all that. Um, but that means everyone has to shuffle around, get back into the pit area, and then when the session starts back up, everyone's got to get up, do an outlap. Then they can do their hot lap and, and so it really shuffled things around. It really compressed the schedule. I mean, it really came down to um, – at the end of Q3 especially, everyone pretty much had one or two chances at a hot lap. It was not the usual session where you kind of build up to it and you change tires and you do your thing. It was like, uh, it really, you know, was a scramble at the very end. So the last laps, uh, of the, of the, you know, when, after the checkers had flown and all that were some of the, some of the drivers first timed laps in the session, it was really kind of chaotic.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I think, I mean, more to the point, some, some of the drivers, despite the red flag still kind of waited till the very end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what happened was Boemi actually crashed, Boemi did well, he got into Q3, yep. which was impressive. But then he crashed for a second time, um, exiting the Dunlop curve. I think if I remember correctly, um, or Dunlop corner, the Dunlop curve
1: is Lamar, but, yeah. uh, see
0: Lamar show. Uh, and, uh, Kept
1: going, he kind of scraped. Yeah, along the wall, his his front wing ended up back on the track, and a bunch of debris. Yeah. so they had to do a had to call a safety car for that. But several drivers were on their, their one and only. Yeah, their one and only flying lap.
0: Yeah, and uh, long story short, uh, several drivers were proved to not have slowed down for the uh, local yellow, and hence were uh, uh, penalized five grid penalties. And the way it worked out, though, Jensen uh, – uh, Rubens Barrichello actually gained a spot due to his five-grid penalty because so many people behind him also had a five-grid penalty. Uh, Sebastian Buemi himself got a five-grid penalty for driving his damaged car to the pits. That's a new one. I've never heard that before. And
1: uh, – Yeah, like it was just too unsafe. He should have just left it there and not get, put it back on track or whatever. Right, yeah, right.
0: And the irony is, is – uh, uh, Fernando Alonso was causing a little bit of a stink about people not slowing down for the yellow, but then he himself also got penalized for not slowing down during the yellow, even though he thought he was doing the right thing by pitting that lap.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those where you might get penalized if you stay out on track because, oh, it was, you know, the session was red flagged, or the session was safety card, and you got to, uh, you know, why would you stay out on track? And, and I guess in, you know, as, as you're driving around the track, you're coming right up on the pit lane. You got to make this call a split second, and it just goes to show with uh, uh, you know all the all the craziness of the session that it had already been red flagged several times, and you want to get your lap in, but you don't want to run afoul of any of the rules and get another penalty. Um, it's just so hard to figure out what to do. So uh, I don't. It's hard to say. I, mean, I don't think it was really his fault or anything like that, but uh, it is. It is sort of weird that. Uh, you know, Fernando Alonso, while people would give up any potential for a better result. You know, he's exactly, not, not exactly. usually one to err on the safe side of the rules, I guess we'll say.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, regardless, it was all Sebastian Vettel, and he was followed by Jarno Trulli, qualifying second. Very impressive, and this is the race where you want to qualify up
1: high in the Toyota. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, partly because it's the Japanese Grand Prix, it's a Japanese team. Um, also, even a little bit of a dig it, as it's Honda owns the track, and it'd be, right. it'd be pretty wild for Toyota to do really well and have a great result on Honda's home turf. I'm sure they would love that. Uh, of all the places to get their first win, you know, at Suzuka would just be brilliant for them. And behind him was Lewis Hamilton. So, uh, you know, making use of the curves and all that on a big, fast-flowing track, uh, who's able to do well and get himself to third spot. And actually, Adrian Sutil in the Force India, uh, right behind him in fourth,
0: yeah, another really strong performance for him in the Force India car. Uh and then it settled in Rubens Barrichello in fifth, Nick Heidfeld in sixth, Jensen Button being out qualified by his uh elder teammate once again in seventh, uh Kimi raikkonen uh still in the top ten in eighth, and then it was Heikki Kovalainen and the high flying Sebastian Buemi in tenth.
1: Yes, and actually uh Hecky and Sebastian uh, and Buemi um, neither actually set a time in Q3 because they had both crashed out and uh, and, and never actually did flying laps in that. Um, and so moving down a little bit, uh, so for 11th was Nico Rosberg, behind him Fernando Alonso because, you know, he, he qualified 12th because of his whole, you know, p- pulling in after the, uh, you know, pulling in when he thought he had to. Um, Robert Kubica behind him in 13th. And then Timo Glock, uh, 14th, even though he didn't set a time. He'd already qualified into Q2. Um, but he didn't set a time because of his crash. Behind him, Emilio Guasari also didn't set a time because of his previous crash. I mean, it was really just, this is the, the chaos of the qualifying here. Yeah. Um, Giancarlo Fisichella, though, in 16th, uh, didn't make it out of Q1. That's a disappointment for them.
0: But as, as they uh, as Ferrari rightly said, if you look at his time, in Q1, he had a 31-7 compared to Raikkonen's 31-2. It was, you
1: know, less than half a second. Right. Although that's all it takes these days. Yeah. So it, it, it's
0: not a huge gap, but it's big enough.
1: Yeah. And uh, and and then behind him, uh, Kaz Nakajima, uh, you know, crowd favorite, I'm sure. But uh, he, he only qualified 17th. Uh, Romain Grosjean, 18th. Uh, Tony Oliuzzi. And then Mark Weber. Um, like we said, didn't, didn't run any laps, uh, because he'd crashed in the, uh, in the morning. So that all changed overnight though. Uh, and I don't even have, I, I had a list at some point of who actually was penalized for what, and there was, I mean, there were gearbox changes. There was, or, uh, you didn't, you know, the, uh, didn't slow down enough behind the caution, yeah, all the penalties, uh, yeah. all the different penalties, uh, and there was a
0: plethora of penalties and it, it's messed everything up and our brains are tired. So, it's, it's out there on the interweb somewhere. Go check it out.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> well, I think that takes us to the race. After a two-year hiatus, the famed Japanese circuit of Suzuka once again hosted the Formula One Circus and gifted both driver and spectator alike a beautiful arrangement of sweeping corners and elevation changes. Sebastian Vettel, sweeping through most gracefully, led the race from pole with the ever-graceful Yarno Trulli alongside. And when the lights went off, Vettel took off like a rabid squirrel, instantly pulling a large gap over Lewis Hamilton, who used his McLaren Kurs to get past Trulli's Toyota at the start. Suzuki's long straight and fast turn one facilitated a clean start for the entire field. Even the championship leaders Button and Barrichello stayed out of trouble. Meanwhile, after three laps, Mark Webber in the other Red Bull car started in the pit lane and revisited his pit twice first for a tire change, and then again for a roll of gaffer tape to keep his cockpit head restraint from flying off. Mark Webber would go on to finish 17th, not a good day for the Australian. Meanwhile, back on the track, Agent Sutil had a strong drive in his Force India until he and Kovalainen got together in the chicane on lap 14. Sutil would not be able to turn his pace into a result, finishing 13th. Kovalainen crossing the checkers in 11th. The rest of the field remained well behaved until Jaime Algaswari clobbered the wall at turn 15. He was okay and yet ended his day in an ambulance for precautionary purposes. The Toro Rosso driver also caused a safety car session. The safety car pulled in with just four laps left, allowing a four-lap sprint for position. But nothing could stop the 22-year-old German as Sebastian Vettel wins the Japanese Grand Prix. Amazingly, Jarno truly held on for the distance and collected a wonderful second place for Toyota for their home Grand Prix, increasing the chances that we will see a Toyota car on the grid in 2010. And Lewis Hamilton delivered the first Mercedes-powered car across the line, finishing third in the McLaren. Kimi Räikkönen kept Fernando Alonso's seat warm for him, finishing 4th in the Ferrari. He was followed by Nico Rosberg in the Williams. And then Nick Heidfeld led the way for BMW Sauber, finishing 6th. He was followed by both Virgin-sponsored Braun GP cars. Old man Barrichello getting the better of Button, who scored one lonely point in 8th.
1: Jim, Vettel
0: was simply brilliant today.
1: He was uh, he led every single lap uh, by the time it was time for the pit stops he He was stayed out a little bit longer than the guys in, behind him uh, he never never gave up the lead the entire day, and I just can 't help but think in stark contrast to Weber. Who never made out made it out of last place? Oh, uh, I know. I mean, just Weber's the start to Weber's amazing. race was just such a disaster. He had to he, he started from the pit lane, and the first lap had to come back around into the pit. Um, they they switched tires on him, filled him up with fuel, so that you know he was done with his two tire compounds for the day. Yes, because
0: they they were very concerned with graining on the option tire, right?
1: Um, then the very next pit, like you mentioned, you had to come back. So, I mean, Mark Webber's race was like done before it even started and yeah, the could best make up we, a single position,
0: the best we can surmise is that his head restraint was not clipping correctly and coming loose on him and probably distracting him because their his eye line could definitely be disturbed by that head restraint. So we came in the next, uh, lap and just, just a swarm of hands just surrounded the cockpit of the car, uh, putting gaffer tape all along the, the seams of the uh, head restraint to try to just keep that in place. Yeah. Which, in some ways, is kind of a safety concern. If that car caught fire, that would make it quite a bit more difficult for Mr. Weber to get out. But, uh, you know, I guess for this circumstance, no harm, no foul, and his his day was bad enough.
1: Right. And so, like you mentioned, he ended up 17th because, uh, first of all, only 19 cars ran today because Timo Glock, after his crash, just didn't start, you know, didn't qualify, didn't start. Um, and, then, and then the two STRs were out. Um, so yeah, I mean, he ended, you know, dead last, but But, so, but, but Vettel, man, I mean, Vettel, he just, he, he had this race and, um, he, this was the third race, uh, on this particular engine. And I was kind of sort of, you know. Watching the engine, and, and he was pushing it hard, too, and just kind of waiting for it to just all go kablamo and possibly even, you know, have hand the win to, uh, to Yarno Trulli and the Toyota, or even Lewis. You know, Lewis was, yeah, was looking yeah, pretty good yeah. there as well. And,
0: and it would have been quite nice for that to happen in some ways, for Toyota to get their first win in Japan as they're on the brink of leaving Formula 1 entirely. But let me go back to Weber just really briefly. Yeah. Uh, for all his bad, terrible luck, it was— The 17th place, Mark Webber, that got the fastest lap of the race. So uh, Sebastian Vettel did not get the grand slam trifecta of pole position, winning the race and fastest lap, Mm -hmm. because his teammate, Mark Webber, pimped him on that, probably with just sheer Australian rage for what... Just a crappy race he was having.
1: Yeah, he just was able to pull that out. Although Vettel didn't back off. I mean, usually we see these guys out in front, and once they've got a comfortable lead and everything is established, um, you know, there were the leading up to the safety car. Of course, you know, once that once they all got bunched back up, he had to uh, he had to you know hold it down in first place. But um, usually we see him back off a little bit, you know, save the engine or whatever. And it didn't seem like he was doing that. I mean, I guess they will were looking at telemetry and said, "Hey, everything looks good. Just just keep hammering on it." And and Vettel was still. I mean, he set a fast lap two thirds into the race. You know, he was yeah, still pushing yeah. hard, and even though he had like some 11 second gap over over second place, so uh, Vettel was doing a, a great job and uh, and pushing hard, and and you know it worked out well for him. But uh, but Yarno somehow tr- you know in the Toyota just kind of held it down. He didn't he didn't Yarno truly it where uh, he, he – right he, he,
0: especially at the start right. of the race where he's just pro uh prophetically weak i mean he just just one race after another You're like how could you be that bad yeah. at getting going
1: anytime anytime they qualify well which is which was rare for a long time there they would qualify well oh yeah you know maybe up at top five or something like that and then they just lose two or three spots and they did the first 15th or something yeah, yeah it's just and then, but
0: he he did really well but the, the interesting thing is after the race was over uh vettel gets out of the car and he's jumping up and down very excited Truly gets out of the car and he looks upset. Yeah, he looks visibly upset, and uh, he he perks up a little bit when he sees how happy the team is. But Truly really genuinely wanted to win this race. He
1: yeah, he really did, and it's it's. It's one of those, I mean, I guess once you can kind of taste the victory, then second place just just sucks, even though you got to step back for for a minute and think about it. and Second place is way better than their average, and certainly it's, uh, you know, the points don't really matter for them at this point, but uh, certainly a good result as far as not only keeping Toyota in the sport, but even keeping Yarno truly in the sport. I mean, he's, uh, you know, Toyota have said that they're not interested in having Yarno on next year. Um, He's another, you know, driver that's getting older and probably not as in demand, and I think you made an interesting comment uh, just while we were watching the race, is that he seems like he'd be a really good uh, driving instructor or, you know, driver coach or whatever for someone because he obviously knows what to do. He can get really, really good laps out of this car. Right. Um, but just doesn't seem to have the drive or um, – Or at the, least consistency. The attitude or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, to really push throughout the whole length of most races. But and, when he's
0: driving well, he's exquisite. Yeah. Um, they, they talk about Jensen Button's very smooth driving style. I think Yarno truly is smoother and better yeah. when he's good. But he's not that good. He's not good that often.
1: Yeah, or he's not as good in traffic. Or there's some, yeah, some, something. Something happens, and he just it just kind of falls apart for him often. Um, but that didn't happen. So you know, good good for Toyota today. And uh, and and then you know Lewis as well to uh, to hold it down behind him. Um, there was some there's some question about his curves. There was a radio transmission about uh, you know oh, technical we're, issues. We're having yeah we're having curves, which is issues. the
0: second race in the row that they're that they're dealing with something like this.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we don't know if that was just a ploy to, uh, you know, try to get Toyota to, uh, count them out and then they could, you know, hop around him at the restart. There was some, you know, who knows, maybe, it, maybe this seem is being like cunning, a but ploy, though. no, it doesn't. And, and the restart, uh, after the safety car, I mean, there was, it was a, a long safety car period, uh, to clear off the, to clear off the track from, uh, oh, sorry, mess. And, uh, well, it took him a long time to put the, put the tire barrier yeah, it was, back it in it place. Clean, yeah. Clean up the track and then get the tire barrier, tire barrier back. But, uh. You know, I was hoping everyone would get real bunched up. It would be this real dramatic restart. Um, but there was actually it – was, it was Sebastian Vettel. Then there was Roman Grosjean, lapped car behind him, and then the rest of the field behind him. So there wasn't this sort of dramatic restart. And I remember you know we used to see like Alonzo would just do really, really well at these restarts and just kind of out of nowhere really get the strategy just right and back off and get a run going and, and do well. And it just the, – the restart was – you know, potentially dramatic, and nobody well, actually changed positions at it.
0: Nothing. I mean, first of all, Romain Grosjean, the lapped car, was right behind Vettel. Uh, I don't know why the, um, the uh, Charlie Whiting didn't let Romain around and get back in the back and get his lap back. That's usually pretty standard practice. And Romain had, was nowhere near the rear wing of Vettel. Yeah. And uh, so Vettel just took off like there never was a safety caution, was never threatened in turn one or anywhere. And uh, and then behind Grosjean truly wasn't that aggressive either. And there were definitely some close battles. Uh, Button put a nose in in front of uh, Barrichello one turn, and Kubica put a nose in on Button in one turn. But that was really about it, and they basically finished where they were as of the safety caution. Yeah. Um, but it was still some pretty interesting racing and uh i have to say in general it was a pretty brutal race yeah an expensive one for red bull that's for sure
1: sir i mean yeah for the str and red bull as a whole uh, you know they went through a lot of carbon fiber this weekend and uh and i mean it, it just i can't get over the stark contrast between you know vettel's outcome and how how he's you know he kept himself in the in the drivers championship and actually just barely kept red bull in the constructors championship uh-huh. that's a real outside chance you know that the both, Both things are, yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever, but but the driver's championship. I mean, that's that does actually, uh, you know, it, it definitely takes the t- takes the fight to Brazil because well, um, he is he's sixteen points back yeah, with two races to go, twenty points on the table, you know, twenty last, points on the uh,
0: table, and that's that's one point difference less than Kimi Räikkönen had in two thousand seven with two races to go. Right. So it's certainly possible. We've seen it. Um, I will say, though, Jensen Button, there are a couple of times I was yelling in the television. I'm like, don't be stupid, Jensen. Don't be stupid. And Jensen never was stupid. He, He seems to be playing it pretty safe. Hamilton in 2007 was not playing it safe, nowhere close. And so I don't think Button is likely to make the same mistakes that Hamilton did when he was in a similar situation. He's got to worry about his teammate a little bit more, but... Rubens Barrichello is also very quickly running out of ways to grab the championship from his teammate.
1: Yeah, although the next race is in Brazil, and uh, despite the uh, mixed reception that uh, Rubens gets in the, you know, trying to rile up the Brazilian crowd, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about here. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, Rubens, say hi to your countryman. Ha ha! Cricket. No response. Cricket. Um, anyway, uh, you know, Rubens although do, doing well. I think Rubens. Um, you know, we'll probably have a lot more of the Brazilian crowd behind him, especially with Massa out of the car. Um obviously Piquet is probably uh is is nowhere in sight. So No
0: see what's gonna happen is no one's gonna show up in Brazil. Everyone's gonna go to Massa's house for a barbecue or
1: something. <laughs> there you go. Uh so you know Rubens may you know may come back and do something amazing in Brazil, but uh, you know, so Jensen may do as well. So um it's it's but you know, Vettel obviously really happy, he keeps the, keeps his driver's championship alive, and it's just kind of one of these one of these things that goes to show the, the point system um, just seems to make so much sense because it's it's another year. It's like you know, three in a row now where it's just down to the last race, the last yes. two races, and it really looks like this will come down to the fin- finale in Abu Dhabi.
0: I'm completely agree with you. We need to get rid of this point system, the medal system, gold, silver, bronze is definitely the way to go. Uh, that way, the the championship would have been wrapped up by now. We wouldn't have had to worry about this. There would all have all been this, this tension and extra stress. Yeah, just been easier on everybody. I mean, there wouldn't even been a point to really watch the last two races, which is you know nice. You you free up your weekends a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, also, I think we have to talk about Nico Rosberg and his potential penalty for having a quick pit stop, and that means he gained a position under yellow potentially, and. The Twitter was talking about this and some fangled thing. And, yeah, uh,
1: well, the, the the allegation is that he gained advantage uh, when he pitted under the safety car um, because uh, you know there, there's minimum sector times drivers must adhere to when the race is under caution. And then he actually was able to go faster than that by virtue of having a pit stop in there and and, and gain position. Um, so it's um it's as of now it's four thirty in the morning here i don't know what the heck time it is in japan or I think it's, england it's, it's, or paris i think or it's nine
0: thirty in london pretty sure about yeah, that yep
1: yeah, we can safely say that but and yeah. that means it's later than that in japan or it's a whole other day entirely Oh, right. i don't know it is now tuesday in japan could be it's like next week um but so as of now there's no advantage uh, or there's no penalty um but I yeah I, I have a really hard time seeing how that's Nico's
0: fault. I, I really really hard time. If he wasn't speeding in the pit lane, oh boy. If he wasn't speeding in the pit lane and he didn't literally jump somebody on the grid or. You know, we didn't cross the old, quash the right line. What, I, I, how can they blame him for having a good pit stop? That just seems ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and it's it's one of those where it's, it's one of the sporting regulations that doesn't come up that often because it's only during safety cars. You know, what happens when... Um, you know, obviously, you can't pass someone when you're behind the safety car. But then, if you're doing a pit stop and you gain advantage by one way or another, it's 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 yeah. a little bit of a, it's one of these things that doesn't come up often. So, um, if if we were to you know read through and completely understand all the sporting regulations, maybe we could have an answer for you. But I have uh,
0: a, I have a theory on what the penalty is going to be. Hmm. McLaren's kicked out of the constructors' championship. That would that would and be and fair. fined hundred million euros. That,
1: that that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. that That's sounds it. like an FIA. Uh, <laughs> if I ate the deal.
0: <laughs> oh, McLaren.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, fine for being on track while the, while all this was going on, I'm sure they'll get, uh, they'll get a penalty for that in some way. Um, but I guess, I mean, the other, the other stories to, to look at here, I'm just looking at the, uh, looking through the results. Um, a, I mean, Fernando Alonso, uh, you know, with all his, after, after the penalties and after the qualifying and the penalties and everything shuffling around um, started 16th, uh, which really sucks, but uh, he he was able to make it up to tenth in the race, uh, as opposed to Grosjean, who uh, started seventeenth and ended sixteenth, uh, only by virtue of a couple people crashing out. Um, so Fernando sort of did what he could to uh, to work his way up the field, but uh, could only manage tenth at the end of it. Um, I hope that they don't have. I mean, I guess Alonso at this point doesn't really care, but um, you know there was all this talk of um, should should they um, you know with. The penalties that happened and uh, pulling into the pits, it's like, oh, I should have started at a different spot. I hope they don't have any kind of appeals or any kind of you know inquiries into any of that. Oh I think God, no, every, that would make my head spin. Let's here is hope everything just is what it is, and I and I think it will be. I don't think they're gonna mess with that. Yeah,
0: can I can I add to? Can I throw in um, this? This was something that the Speed TV guys made, and us being Americans, we are admittedly a little bit biased towards this. But uh, Toro Rosso has not scored a single point since sebastian Bourdais scored a point for them and i am willing to put um 10 pesos down on the fact that sebastian Bourdais would not have crashed out several times and uh might have been able to get a decent result here in suzuka
1: yeah i mean with all the with all the mixed match uh and all the craziness with penalties and everything yeah i mean they're certainly um certainly could have had some good success and it's yeah hard to say but uh I, I agree it's uh, I think I think Borde could have done better than um than what's his name this weekend? Yes.
0: <laughs> Amy Algasuari or Sebastian Buemi for that matter uh, they were, they were both wrecking balls. So uh I think that is it for the race, am I correct?
1: Yeah, um not a whole I mean there were a couple of good on track moments. Um yeah, that that was cool. But uh no, no I mean but a, a lot of it really was. I mean it was it was just kind of um, once, once this you know the start settled down and, well, and Vettel took off, it was just kind of this pretty the, straightforward. The
0: qualifying for this qualifying weekend was, was really was the crazy part. Yeah. Worth its weight in gold. I mean, that was just amazing. So yeah, uh, you know, and not because of the crashes, just but but because of the the red flags, the uncertainty, and all the 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 strategy that was coming out, and the, just the insane laps that some people were able to put together. Yeah. Um. So very fascinating, and not not the crashes themselves, but. The way the cars behave right before the crashes is just absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, just another good study of of kind of the car setup and uh, how uh, how these things work when the you know suspension is fully loaded and when the, all the aerodynamic bits on them and uh, and and also just to shows the effect. That, you know, we we don't you know, we see the cars go out in Friday practice and they may be trying different wing setups and maybe trying different things that we don't know what they are, but to really see the effect of going out and practicing and to see what happens when the teams don't have the chance to practice. We had so many guys that had so many issues and I think there's a, a direct uh, correlation there. So it's definitely interesting to see the, uh, the, the effect of all that. And uh, it's unfortunate that there were so many crashes, but you know, nobody was seriously hurt. I think Timo uh, Glock is supposed to be fine to, to race in two weeks in Brazil um, he was the only one, and I and I'm El Goswari, I can't imagine, you know. To be it, honest
0: with you, I think Timo Glock's just trying to get a girlfriend. I mean, casts are great for having the cast, from ha- girls. having everyone yeah. sign the cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe he likes Asians, and he thought, oh, maybe I can rock the cast and get an Asian girlfriend. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But that being the case, I think we're going to move on to listener feedback. <laughs> And yes, I want to start uh, with an email we got from Nick Ferran. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He says Hi, guys, my name's Nick, longtime listener, first time e- email feedbacker. Just want to say that I really love the show. Thank you very much. Been listening since last year, and I always try to do my F1 show jive when I hear the theme music. I've always enjoyed the podcast, but I really, really am loving this year's edition, especially the Le Mans special. That was hilarious. Well, Nick, I, I hope you're enjoying this one as well. I've really been involved, I've, I've never really been involved with the F1 community, just happy to sit back and listen. But I've decided to go off, get off my backside and do something. I've made a little sketch show under the guise of a fake radio station. It's called F1FM. It's nothing much, just some short audio sketches. If you've got a spare minute or two or are a little bored at work, have a listen. I actually can't listen at work because I don't get YouTube. They, they block me. Yeah, stupid corporation. I'll be making more in the future. I've put a link underneath. and One of them is about BBC Combinator Jonathan Lagard. So you might want to skip that one. Thanks so much. Keep up the good work, Nick. Well, Nick, thank you very much. Uh, we have checked out a couple of your sketches, and they were, they were cool. We liked them. So I think that's neat, and I think that's a nice little contribution to the F1 world. Um, if you go to YouTube.com, and I'm assuming everyone knows that website, and search for F1FM, I've checked this. Uh, Nick's stuff comes up and he's got a few different little sketches and they're, they're short, so they don't take a lot of time. They're, they're, they're pretty funny. So yeah,
1: I'm happy to uh, give him a plug there. And thanks yeah. for, uh, for sending the email our way. Yeah. And, uh, if you, if you like it or if you don't like
0: it, uh, tell Nick and tell us what you think of it on the Facebook page.
1: Yes. Um, so which go to facebook.com slash F one show. That's the Facebook page. And I want to thank, uh, Peter Oliver posting a couple links and, uh, some interesting insight into, uh. And all the goings on with Max Mosley and all the different uh, conspiracy theories and whatnot, and I uh, appreciate all that. Um, also, Sea uh, Bear uh, for for posting the Alonzo link. That's uh, like Sea Bear p- with a C. That's right. Um, you know, he posted the link about uh a bear. Alonzo going to Ferrari for sure. Um, and yeah, so it, also uh, James Payne, Ken Regal, and you know, all the, the all the usual guys. And I'm just so pleased looking at the uh, the Facebook page um it our our little administrator screen shows us where we're getting uh comments and and people you know talking on the page we've got people from the uk the u.s australia canada india germany spain mexico the netherlands singapore and south africa i mean i just think it's the greatest thing and uh if you're if you're not part of the uh the facebook page uh a fan of the f1 show on facebook um you know you hear you hear us talk about it every episode just go to go to Facebook, search for F1 Show, or go to f1show.com slash interact because we've got a lot of cool conversations going on there. We post links in there from time to time in between shows, and uh, anytime our shows are posted, it'll show up there, and you can comment on it or like it or dislike it or tell us we're brilliant or tell us we're rubbish, whatever you like.
0: Yeah, um, and, and join the fun. There is now 379 of us fans on the Facebook page, which is absolutely wonderful. We are hoping... Against hope that we can get to 400 fans before the season's out. We think that would be just a wonderful number to have. And it's just been really um, just uh, great for us to see this grow into a nice little community. We absolutely love it. We hope that we can make your Formula One experience just a little bit more enjoyable. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. And uh, also, please, if you give it a moment, uh, especially if you're in the U.S., but really if you're anywhere, to... um, Give us a little bit of feedback on iTunes as well. Yeah, that helps us out a lot. Helps us get a little bit more visibility, and so more people can find us. So, uh, yeah, if you have a moment, go to iTunes and give us a review. Five
1: stars are always nice. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, and again, the the website to uh, to visit is uh, f1show dot com slash interact, and uh, or you can go to just f1show dot com directly and uh, reply to any of the any of the episodes that are posted on there. And uh, we we always appreciate hearing from you guys and hearing from your feedback. Uh, we don't have as much this week because it was only a week ago that we uh, or less than a week since uh, we, we came to you last time, um, but. I think that is enough for now and uh, time to move on to trivia.
0: Trivia! Trivia!
1: Trivia! Trivia. 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 (laughs) Alrighty, so last episode was my debut for trivia, coming up with a question and asking the audience. And uh, I... I Failed a little bit at the delivery, dude. You didn't fail, but you hey, didn't fail. We ended up. I asked the question. Okay, so the question uh, was
0: asked, and it was a great question.
1: Okay, it was, what it, was the question? I believe it was a two parter. Oh, I the, love two parter. The youngest team, who is the youngest uh, constructor in Formula One, um, if you don't consider all the changing of hands of uh, you know Jordan to Midland to Spiker to Force India, you know those kind of things. But right, actually, right. you know, starting from a new team, um, who's the youngest constructor in Formula One? And, and I guessed Maserati. That's brilliant. Was uh, it right? No, Come on, tell me. It's, this is out of the current uh, the, the current runners in in F one and uh, and the answer actually is Toyota.
0: Oh yeah,
1: as they started they uh, built from scratch a uh, Formula One team. Um, you know, I guess the other obvious one would be Braun, but uh, you know we were considering that to be just a carryover from Honda and enough enough of the team sort of came over uh, from from the Honda F one team, so we don't consider Braun. We uh, which was the bar Honda
0: F one team. And which was something else before that, I don't remember exactly. Yes, but, but it started life before Toyota did.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, even uh, traced back to Tyrrell from 1970, um, you know, through 1998, and then it changed hands to Barr and then to Honda and then to Braun. So, um, and even uh, even Minardi, the Minardi started in the 80s, 85, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Toyota actually started started campaigning in 2002, um, the second youngest. What actually would be Red Bull. Um, formerly known as Jaguar, formerly known as Stewart. Um, and Stewart started in, I think, 97. Correct. Ah. So there you go. Um, and uh, if you if you got that right, then you know what to do.
0: But that was the past, and now we are moving forward. And I am once again taking over the reins of trivia, at least for this week. Thank goodness. With a new question. And it goes like this. As we all know, this will be the 21st running. Well, this was the 21st running of the Japanese Grand Prix here at Suzuka. And despite the many appearances, a Japanese driver has yet to win the race. Which raises the question, which country has produced the most winners and how many wins does said country hold? That is, how? which country... Has won the most Formula One World Championship points counting races at Suzuka.
1: At Suzuka, yes. And how many how, how many? many wins does that country have? Another, yet another two-parter. That is a sweet two-parter right there. And you've got two weeks to answer this one. So uh, any of the uh, ways that we've talked about to get in touch with us, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, um, feel free to answer those questions. And uh We'll, we'll be able to tell everyone who who earned a Coke. That's carrierpigeon at f1show.com. <sighs> Something like that. Yes. And there you have it. And let's talk about some predictions. Oh,
0: yeah. And after a wicked string of very close to accurate predictions, we are on a roll here. Okay, not really. Actually, we've been failing miserably, and it's getting worse every weekend. You know, a season
1: (laughs) like this, who can predict?
0: I'll tell you what. We're going to revamp predictions slightly uh, for next year, but we're going to ride this bad boy out. We're going (laughs) to ride this wave right to the shore, even though we're just kind of being crashed about in the waves. So uh, last weekend, uh, Jim and I both actually had to— donate money to coke because we did so poorly yeah but uh this weekend we also did bad
1: yeah um (laughs) again we try to apply some logic and some reasoning and some you know which just is
0: simply isn't working these days right but we are going to take a look at this and see exactly how we did now jim
1: yes i i had some brilliant uh, I wanted to go bold on these predictions, right? You, I didn't well, want to use, you went oh, bold. Oh, it's going to be loose. You went oh, Polish
0: gonna... bold with Robert Kubica on, with Robert Kubica on pole. <laughs> Polish bold, baby. <laughs> oh boy, you were wrong. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Robert Kubica was ninetieth. So uh, sorry about that. Then you went on to be even more bold with uh, Rubens Barrichello in for the win.
1: That didn't happen either. No,
0: he was seventh. Okay, and 13th. my favorite part. You had none other than Yarno Trulli in for 13th. I just, need, I just
1: need to protect that guy in 13th far off, and maybe he'll uh, he'll end up winning oh something Oh, my year. God. That was
0: fantastic. Now, not to boast, but now, first of all, I want to point out that I actually am reading the correct week because I already deleted yeah, the no, old we've, week we've before looked, we even we've, got we've,
1: it. We fixed that glitch. Yeah. I
0: put Lewis Hamilton on pole okay. and Lewis Hamilton to win. Okay. He didn't do either of those things. No, but he he less didn't. Than your guys. He a technical was co- term? <laughs> So he was closer to doing it than you guys were closer to doing it. Which means that you owe me a Coke. But not right now. I really don't want one right now.
1: You want a milkshake right now. And I, that is just not something that I can offer you.
0: I want a milkshake and a bed. And I don't know exactly the order of how that's going to work out. Because I don't think I want a milkshake right when I wake up later today. But
1: We'll, I, so we'll sort that later. Yeah, we'll okay. sort that out later. Okay. But
0: I also went ahead and had Nick Heidfeld in 13th. Now that wasn't true either, but it wasn't as ridiculously far off as, as you had it. So,
1: all right, fair enough. Hydefeld
0: went on to finish sixth, so I think I claim that one, but um once again, we're 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 not we're proving ourselves not to be the best uh clairvoyant folks here.
1: Right. Um I our, our good fan AJ uh did send in his predictions. Uh he had Lewis Hamilton on pole, which was close but not uh not accurate. You're a smart man, AJ. But for the for the race result, he actually had Yarno Trulli and and for the win, ooh, which that's was that's a little very spooky. Close. Yeah, that's a um, little spooky. Nico Rosberg second, and Jensen Button third.
0: Um, well, I think Jim and I both knew that Nico Rosberg was going to have some issues with the stewards again, and he wasn't to be trusted. Yeah, no, you can't you can't that, trust that. That guy. part was pretty obvious.
1: Um, he had Kaznakajima, and for thirteenth. Um, which I don't have the results open anymore, but uh, that seems reasonable. And um, <laughs> his fearless prediction was that Rubens doesn't Adrian finish. Adrian
0: Sutil finished 13th, by okay. the way.
1: Um, his fearless predictions was that Rubens doesn't finish in the points, and that was actually very close as well, but not didn't turn out to be true. So, uh, But a uh, good set of predictions there, and uh, we always appreciate when other people are also wrong. Yes, um, and AJ, I... you
0: definitely did better than Jim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so take some solace in that but again that's the past uh it is
0: time to move forward it is brazil which is almost our time zone might even be our time zone no, it's, next.
1: it's it's an hour is one hour forward yeah okay
0: but it's another it's, one we can watch
1: live which yes, is always cool we which had, is yeah
0: we can watch live and the sun's out
1: so well, that's very cool. yeah it won't be it'll be maybe four fifty p.m instead of a.m when we're recording the show so
0: it's two weeks from now we're at sao paulo the cars are going around. Who is going to be in pole position? Jim,
1: Lewis Hamilton.
0: Ooh, wow! He was fast with that one. Is he going to win the race? Who's going to win the race? Is he going to win the race? Is going to win the race? It's going to be Lewis Hamilton. It's going to be Kovalainen. You think it's going to be Kovalainen? or do you want to go Kubica again? How that? Turn oh, out? What
1: if it's Vettel? What if? What if the? Uh, oh, what if it's real? That will never. Well, tight. Uh, that
0: could never happen. No,
1: no. Why not? That's just silly. Yeah, let's, I'm going to go with it. Oh! I'm going with it.
0: Vettel in for the win. All right, and who's going to finish thirteenth? Could be truly. You know,
1: it probably will be. Actually, no. Uh, Ralph Schumacher. No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to think. I'm going to think. Fisichella actually steps it up uh, a little bit and makes it into thirteenth.
0: Fissi. All right, you're in there. Wow, you were fast with that.
1: Yeah, I want to go to bed. <laughs> and I've still got some editing to do, and you've got to drive home. So, yes, and I have to drive home. So okay. Be it. Rubens Barrichello
0: is Brazilian, and he's going to be on pole position. Is that a fact? Only because he's Brazilian. However, Vettel is wicked quick. And I'm going to agree with you that Sebastian Vettel wins the race. Oh,
1: no, he's not going to win. If we both pick the same thing, he's going to crash out or something. Good point. Mark
0: Webber is going to win the race. He's going to be so angry about how this race went. He had the fastest lap of the race this year. I think the Red Bulls are going to be super quick. Um... I'm putting him on thirteenth place, hoy. Now oh, that one's always tough. Jensen gonna, Button. Ooh, no, I'm going to go with Gromo, or is it Gomro? Rogro. Rogro. I'm going to go with Romain Groschon. Groschon. Oh boy! It Clearly, is we time, don't speak French. It is time for us to go to bed. I don't even know. What that time about. was
1: like five hours ago. Oh, that's
0: true. <laughs> okay. Wow, okay, well, we have struggled through this uh, uh, it, probably not the most professional sounding podcast uh, we 've ever done, but, but if you know wanted a, if you real. wanted a professional right. podcast, you probably wouldn't be coming to us anyway. We are here to entertain, and I hope we have done so
1: awesome've uh, got two <laughs> no, you've, got, you've got two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks until you'll uh, hear from us again. Uh, the penultimate the, round. I know, man, man. This this season, it's uh, it's coming down the end very quickly here. Yes, so we only got another two weeks, and then and then two weeks after that. It and are be,
0: we are the two of us? Are we going to be in the same state?
1: Yes. Oh, oh yeah, we'll be here. We'll be we'll be we'll be bringing it to you live. Yeah, no weddings. No no more wedding weddings free for a while. since. Yeah. Last week. I, indeed. All right. <laughs> uh, let's get out of here. I'm Jim Lau.
0: And I'm Robin Warner. We'll see you then.